everybody welcome in this is the latest episode of the 1796 sports podcast uh this will be our preview episode for the kentucky game coming up we got the uh, battle of the beer barrel um this is always a intense matchup we always dominate of course so we'll jump right into it this is kentucky hate week what do you guys have to say go ahead nbf <laughs> Uh, there's not really much to say, to be honest. I, I'm actually ready to get into all these. Um, actually, no, you know what? I see. I did see a post on Twitter talking about how there is a specific Kentucky fan. I'm not going to acknowledge who he is, but um, I'm not going to acknowledge who he is. <laughs> but I mean, 35 points predicted against the Tennessee defense, even though Alabama is the one team that scored the most against us, which was 34. And then Florida was the closest second at 29. So it's kind of mind boggling that they think that way. Well, you gotta, you gotta give a little grace there because you know, there's not the oxygen supply isn't always very good in the coal mines. Um, (laughs) They're not thinking clearly sometimes, you know, they can't gather their thoughts. So We'll, we'll we'll cut them some grace there. Um, Ryan, did you want to say anything before we get dig, dig right into the stats and get to it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the coal mines, uh, my mom's side of the family is from Kentucky. Uh, I had a great-grandfather die of black lung. Uh, I think it's disgusting what they did last year at that basketball game with that dude who looked like he just smeared coal over his face. Like, if that dude sat next to me at a game, like, if he looks like that, imagine how he smells. Like, get get away from me. Go take five minutes to wash your face. That wasn't a good story. It was an obvious plant. And that makes a mockery of the coal industry that we all need to even be powering our laptops and phones to record this thing right right now. So I, for one, appreciate the coal mine industry. Thank you all. All right. And if you don't know what Ryan's talking about, uh, something went viral last year where John Calipari, um, you know, that got courtside tickets for a coal miner and his family, which if he had to do that for every Kentucky fan, that's a coal miner. He'd be broke pretty quickly. Um, But yeah, it was a cute little story. So anyway, we'll get right on into this game. Then it's obviously at Kroger Field, um, you know, the intimidating atmosphere that is Kroger Field. <laughs> Surprisingly, and I don't know, I'll let you guys go from this, but I, I'm surprised that Tennessee's only three-and-a-half-point favorites, um, you know, which implies that we're probably in a neutral field. We're probably like six-point favorites. I, I thought it'd be a little bit bigger than that. Um, for reasons we'll get into later, I feel like the Vols match up very well against Kentucky, but I'll let y'all go from there. Yeah, I mean, just looking at Kentucky on some of the big statistics, they're middle of the pack in a lot of them. The thing they, that they're probably the best at is run defense. And, you know, they've played a schedule that is nowhere like I, I would hope they have a good run defense. 
because the schedule that they've played. So I, I definitely agree that the line is kind of kind of weird. I think they're looking at how Tennessee collapsed in the second half and it just being on the road. That's probably the main reason. Um, but NVF, what are your thoughts on that rat line? Um, honestly, I I don't get it either because I get Tennessee's offense has struggled, but I mean you're talking about Alabama we played last week, and you know a lot of people will tell you that Alabama is not the same Alabama, but I mean Nick Saban is Nick Saban, and I just don't understand the three point favorite just because honestly I would have understood like maybe a nine and a half point type deal because I I don't get the comparison people are doing with Joe Milton and Devin Leary, but Devin Leary has looked absolutely terrible this year. Um, to, in my opinion, you stop Ray Davis, you win this game. Uh, I, I don't think they have enough to stop. Uh, yeah, you have, you, they have to stop a three headed monster in Tennessee's run game. Um, the way Joe Milton played, if we get just even that Joe Milton, I mean, I think he would torch the Kentucky defense if he played at all, even close to what he did, you know, this last week. Yeah, I think uh, going back to Ryan's point, Kentucky, yes, they do technically have the number 13 ranked run defense in the league right now. But when you play against Eastern Kentucky and the West Virginia School of Mines, I mean, what do you expect? Um, I'd like to see what that looks like you know, more towards the end of the season, once we get deeper into conference play. Um, so I do think that our run game will be efficient. I, I don't foresee – I know you guys don't either. I, I don't foresee Tennessee's three-headed monster uh, suffering, you know, two weeks in a row. I just – I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be – I think we're going to be able to bully Kentucky at the line of scrimmage. They give up a pretty. They give up a decent amount of sacks. They're they're no South Carolina or anything, but you can get sacks on them. And another thing I want to say is, Joe Milton has received a ton of criticism this season, and rightfully so for most of it. But if you want to do a little experiment, look up Devin Leary's stats, and it makes Joe Milton look not that bad. So, for example. Devin Leary has 200 less passing yards than Joe Milton does. And I mean, I don't think anybody is, I don't think anybody would classify themselves as satisfied with Milton's performance thus far. And Devin Leary has been even worse. I mean, like if, if Ray Davis doesn't run the ball, they have no offense. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it really is just Ray, Ray Davis too. I mean, normally Kentucky has, you know, at least one other, maybe one and a half more running backs behind their, their main starter. But the, the, this blew my mind when I was just going over things to talk about. Like, they don't have a, a running back besides – Ray Davis is second in the SEC in rushing. Okay, fine. He's great. Sure. Uh, Joe Milton has more rushing yards than any other other running backs. Mm-hmm. That's insane considering how normally Kentucky has – like I said, I mean, at least two good running backs. I mean, it's literally Ray Davis, and that's it as far as their running game. Well, and, I mean, I'm looking at his home stats this year. It's 
His 57, I'll, I'll give him, I'll round up 56 or 58% completion rate, you know, rating I, with a thousand 45 yards. I just, I mean, at home you should be, you know, even in this like 65 to 70 range with completion rating being like, you get a quiet environment, you get all that, but I'm just shocked on what they got for a quarterback. Uh, you know, I expected more out of Devin Leary this year. Um, I'm sure everyone did, but I mean, and I don't discredit their wide receivers. They have been hurt a little bit, but even if they weren't, I mean, Kamal Haddon has been spectacular, so I, I don't expect him to slow down this year. I mean, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, Barry, Barry and Brown got so much talk before the season, and, and I know, like you said, it's not – hundred percent on him, but I mean, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't performed like a first round pick or anything. I mean, there's nobody that I think South Carolina, obviously South Carolina has a better receiver than anybody on Kentucky. Texas A&M probably has three better than anybody on Kentucky. Um, Jermaine Burton is better than anybody on Kentucky. So I'm not really too worried about that. And then, like you said, NVF, like Devin Leary can barely complete a pass sometimes. Like, He's had a couple games where he's hovering around 50% completion percentage. Yeah. I mean, talking about Kentucky's receivers, uh, for as much hell as all three of us have given Ramel Keaton, there's only one Kentucky receiver with more receiving yards than Ramel Keaton, and it's Tavion mm-hmm. Robinson. And he beats him by 37 yards. So certainly nothing to really write home about on the receiving in, the, in their receiving room, so I totally agree with with all those points from both of y'all. Yeah, I, I'm I am not worried about this game at all. Um, you know, the only thing, and, and you talked about the raucous crowd that's going to be there. There's going to be a lot of Tennessee fans there, especially. I mean, we're right on the border, so it's it's not. You know, people are going to go to this game. Yes, it's probably going to be cold. It's a night game, but I don't expect it to be. You know, it's definitely not going to be, you know, as bad as Alabama. And I heard that wasn't even that bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice little drive up to Lexington. I've been up there before. Um, it is not a nice drive up to Lexington. The dri- dri- <laughs> driving through Kentucky sucks. It's like, I, I guess Ryan thinks it would be nice driving through Baghdad, too, because <laughs> Kentucky mm-hmm. is a terrible state to drive through. So I don't know what that's about. I think uh, it was more the – Closer to Tennessee, the drive was good. Everywhere else looked like, you know, a desert. And then, and then you enter into Lexington, and the stadium emerges out of concrete, surrounded by concrete. There, there's no character to anything going on up there, unless it has to do with a horse or bourbon. So, well, and another thing to note about the stadium is, if I think, you know, this is one of my maxims for this game is we have to get out to an early lead because you know that that crowd is not going to stick around if they're down by two or three touchdowns in the second half. And why would they whenever Devin Larry has shown no ability to even sniff coming back on anybody that they've been down to? I mean, like two-thirds of the stadium was gone after they were down by 17 points in the third quarter to Missouri. Yeah, like, I mean, well, I think it kind of goes back to what you were kind of implying there is it's hard for them to come back. Like any deficit is a big deficit for them because they rely so heavily on the run game. Yeah, I mean, and Tennessee has gotten off to good starts, even as much as we've struggled on the road at times this year. 
I mean, just, you know, Titanic struggles. The the starts have been fine. I mean, we've scored opening drive touchdowns on in both of the road games. So I've, I I see no reason why we can't do do that again come Saturday night. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how our team bounces back this week. Um, you know, after that blunder of a second half, I, I just don't see them coming into this game not wanting to, like, rip someone's head off. And, you know, it should be like that. If I'm on that team, I'm pissed. And they need to come into this game, especially going into a, a you know, big, this is a rivalry. And you want to go in and you want to rip someone's head off every time. But after a game like that, it should be 10 times worse. Yeah, I mean, I I saw somebody say, um, like, imply that perhaps Tennessee won't be in this game, like, mentally. Like, are you guys worried about that at all? I'm not. But no, are you guys worried not. about, like, maybe the players are checked out? I mean – you have two losses. I don't know why you would be checked out. I mean, hypothetically, the SEC East is still in play. I mean, if you do your job and have a little bit of luck, I don't. I don't understand that logic at all. It's really not that much luck. I mean, all you got to do is win your five games. That's all you got to do. I mean, you beat Kentucky. Well, they're, Georgia they're would done. have to lose at some point. Well, no. I mean, if we beat Georgia, I mean, that's that. I mean, they're, you know. I just don't see us winning all five of these games, to be honest. I do. I am confident we could win four. But to me, you know, we'll see. You're right, though. It's got it's going to be a crazy last five weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I, I see no world where the team doesn't want to bounce back. Um, the seniors on this team won three games in 2020. Mm-hmm. So I, there's certainly a lot to play for. I mean, they also won seven games two years ago. Like they're they they yearn for more to to be remembered for than just one season. So surely they they will come out with a great effort. Well, and if they don't, I think we have bigger problems. Um, yeah, because yeah. that's obviously going to reflect on Hypel if he can't get his team ready which I'm not implying he won't. I, I think he will. I think our boys will be ready to play. I think they're going to – I mean, it's Kentucky. We always get up for Kentucky, it feels like, so I'm not really too worried about it. I just thought that was an interesting point. <clears throat> yeah. Plus they have that you know mental hurdle of it being Tennessee. And like I said before, I mean, there's going to be plenty of Tennessee fans at this game. And I just – you know, we talk about their mental being there. I mean – we have a bunch of seniors on this team. You have to show out. I mean, if you want to play at the next level, you can't just check out and be done. I mean, you still have to play good to, you know, strive to get to that next level. So, I mean, I don't expect anything less than a beating coming for uh, Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point about the mental hurdle. I mean, it's the exact same thing that we seem to have with Florida. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that we will be wearing orange pants come Saturday. Because the color orange psychs them out. We, we are going to be wearing orange pants. Bucket. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, again, I'm looking at Devin Leary's stats again, and it's, like, mind-boggling to me. He He's actually at 54% on the year. Um, that's that's pretty 
terrible. Um, and I'm trying to find this, like how many sacks this offensive line has let up. I don't know if you guys have it. Oh, yep. it's 11. Yep. And yeah, there it's actually not that bad, uh, relatively speaking, but, but I mean, how good is Missouri's defensive line? It's been better recently. Um, they're not, but it's not good. better than uh, not better than ours, though. Oh no, absolutely not. It's no. Yeah. Well, they got four sacks on Kentucky at, at Kentucky, so I'm I'm assuming James Pierce is just going to eat this offensive line. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee still ranks in the top ten in the country in tackles for loss and sacks. We we get more tackles for loss than Georgia. Who skull drug them, and we get more. <clears throat> we get more sacks than Georgia, who, who skull drug them. So I certainly see the defensive line pumping up those sack numbers for Kentucky's offensive line. I, I don't think. I mean, Georgia's great. They they were playing at home. They got after Larry. Larry was in hell the entire night. But we we can see something similar to that if Tennessee comes out ready to roll. Well, yeah, I think you saw my tweet with uh, Tyler Barron's head down and Wes picking his head up. Yo, Tyler Barron's coming to play. He is going to destroy Devin Leary if he can. Yeah. And not not in an injury way either, just so no one takes this out of context. But he is going to get to the quarterback as many times as he can. I mean, he's one of those guys that the mental is not going to be off. He's going to be locked in. Uh, James Pierce going to be locked in. The whole defensive front going to be locked in. So, like I said before, I'm not really worried about this game. Um, now, can I mean it's just, you know college football? Anything could happen, but I just don't see, especially the way Devin Leary's been playing. Um, I mean, you stop Ray Davis, like I said earlier. <laughs> I mean, they they have nothing. Yeah, I, I think this is a terrific matchup for Tennessee. Um, I mean. We have a great run defense. We can run the ball. I mean, and the, the the mental factor that we've already talked about. So, if if it doesn't go Tennessee's way, we're gonna have a hell of a time on the recap podcast because everything is pointing to the Vols winning by a substantial margin. Yeah, that. Uh, regardless, the recap episode is gonna be pretty pretty tight because we've got Astro Smokey coming on. Shout out Astro. Oh, yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. I just wanted to – we always have to point this out every time we play Kentucky. So, the um, – does anybody know, without looking it up, does anybody know what the all-time record is with Tennessee versus Kentucky? Uh, I'll let Ryan answer this because I, I literally was just looking at it. I think 80-29 and something. <laughs> Tennessee has 83 wins. Kentucky has 26. Yeah, it's and a lot of those are from like back in like the twenties. Yeah, so since even in Tennessee's horrible like Butch Jones and Pruitt era, I mean Kentucky, Kentucky won in twenty twenty and they won in twenty seventeen. Like even in that shitty area era of Tennessee football. They won in 2020 and 2017. Other than that, the past decade and a half has been very one-sided. Yeah, I mean, in my lifetime, the three times that I've seen Tennessee lose to Kentucky, the coach got fired the same year. So, I mean, 
I, I don't see us firing Hypo if we lose Saturday night, but it certainly w- would not bode, bode well for his his uh, everybody feels about him. But I mean, it, it just goes to show that only the worst Tennessee teams lose to Kentucky. Yeah, and this is not. This yeah, is definitely. This is not- yeah, it's not the best Tennessee team, but it's far from the worst. It's much closer to being the best we've seen than the worst. Yes, absolutely. So I mean, these are is, just go go for it. Uh, I was just, finish your thought because I'm about to change the subject. No, I was just going to say. I mean, when when you're a head coach at Tennessee, you're expected to beat Kentucky and Vanderbilt at the very least. So you better. I mean, Hypel's <laughs> yeah, a Heupel's a great coach. I, I mean, I know we were all a little frustrated with him after the Bama game, but I, I think we think highly enough of him that he'll get he'll win the games he's supposed to. Yes. So I, I did want to ask. I mean, I've seen all these. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time, but have you seen all these? You get these mixed feelings from these Tennessee fans on here. Talking about how oh the season's over up oh, it's a failure, I don't see this season. I mean we have five games left, but like if we if we finish how we should and we'll just we'll just say nine and three because we'll just say Georgia could be a loss. I expect to win the other games. We should win the other games. I mean credit the Missouri they're playing great, but we should win that game. Okay, but. Let's say that happens. What are, what are your guys' thoughts? Are you are you feeling uh, as a failure here if we go nine and three? No, I mean I, I would love to. Maybe we can get somebody on that would disagree, but I, I would love to understand the rationale for a Vols fan that would be disappointed with nine and three. I mean, there's tons of programs that would love to sniff nine wins, and we're not that far removed from, you know, <laughs> getting beat by everybody we play. So I really don't, I mean, I know it in, in the technical term, it's a little disappointing because of how great last season was, but think about it guys. I mean, Hyatt's not on the team. Tillman's not on the team. Darnell Wright's not on the team. Hooker's not on the team. Like we took a step back from a talent perspective on a lot of key positions and we're still in a position at least to compete for the SEC East and get nine wins. I don't know how you could be mad at that. I mean, what were people expect? Were people really thinking we were national championship contenders? I mean, I wasn't. I, I was under no illusions that we were going to compete for the national championship. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought we could. Yeah, I think I wrote about it before the year in my ceiling and floor blog that I wrote in August. Um you know, I, I wrote how if Tennessee was to win a national championship, it would be because Joe Milton matched what Hennon Hooker did last year, and he clearly has not done that. But the floor I said was uh, nine and four with the bowl win, ten and three with the bowl win. So I, I, I certainly understand people being disappointed because Hypel show, showed last year that you know. For, for the first time in a long time, that winning double-digit games at Tennessee is still possible. But it's like Bryce just said. I mean, this is kind of a bridge year if, if Milton did not live up to Hooker, and he hasn't. So I think it would be incredible for Tennessee to finish 9-3, and 10-2, and, 
And considering what we've seen from this team, if they do that, I don't see how you could say it's a failure considering how much we've fallen off on offense. Yeah, I guess real quick, NBF, I, I guess my point is I could maybe understand I can maybe understand if you at the beginning of the season said nine and three would be a disappointment. I can I could understand that. Um my my thinking though is once the season started and you saw all the things that we've been through this season and you see like the how big of a downgrade Milton is from Hooker, like now with hindsight, I don't think you can be disappointed. No, yeah, I, I'm. I wouldn't be disappointed, and, and I'm saying nine and three in the regular season with a bowl win. So, you know, or no, is that with a bowl win? No, I'm trying. I don't know. It's too late. I worked all day. Am I right? <laughs> nine and three. I guess not. Nine and three with a bowl win would would be ten and three. Yeah. So t- if we finish with a bowl win, ten and three, I mean, I, I don't see how you could complain as a Vol fan. Um, and that's just saying because look at all the years we just came from. Like you said, um. I just, I don't know how you could expect that, especially with the recruiting classes we're bringing in now. I mean, you got Mike Matthews, Boo Carter. I mean, the offensive line of Bennett Warren, Max Anderson, Gage Ginther. I mean, you guys got, we got a bunch of guys coming in that are going to take years to develop. So, I mean, especially with Nico, you got, you know, Nico next year, which we're not saying he's going to do good next year, but, you know, he could. And the next year after that, he, you know, he's probably going to be a stud, if not next year. So, I mean, you got to look at it that way. I think a ten and three with the bowl win is really good. But I mean, we got a long way to go. Five games, like I said, Missouri's been playing really well. Um, we'll see. I mean, Georgia plays Florida this week without Brock Bowers. We'll see how that goes. Um, lucky them, they play on a neutral field. You know, so that's a we'll joke. see. That's such a joke. It is. I agree. I think it's if if you're going to be doing that for like games like that, you might as well let us play Alabama on a neutral field. Yeah, yeah. yeah we I, should get, we should get to play we should get to play uh, Alabama and Nashville every year. Yeah. Oh my God! You know that would no oh God that'd be that'd be I don't even know I don't have words to describe that. Yeah, I will I, say this though. I think if we lose again that's not Georgia, then I will understand people being upset. If you go eight and four in the regular season um, and your losses are Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and one of Vandy. Oh God. No, hell no. If it's Vandy, you shouldn't say that. Yeah, I know. It's, I know it's, it's horrible to even think about, but God forbid we lose to Vandy or Kentucky, then I, I, I definitely think you can classify it as a disappointment then because that should just never – if you go 11-1 and one and your one loss is to Vandy, that season's a disappointment. See, yeah. I'm I'm thinking I'm not worried about this, this Kentucky game. And I'm not worried about Vandy, especially because it's home. I mean, both games, even if it was in Nashville, it's a home game anyway. But, you know – I'm not worried about those two games. I think if Tennessee goes and beats, let's say Tennessee wins these next three games, which is extremely possible, especially after that little stretch we had with, you know, South Carolina A&M and um, UTSA. I think this is an easier stretch because Kentucky's worse than South Carolina, in my opinion. Um, You got uh, UConn, which is worse than UTSA. 
and then you got Missouri, which is better than A&M, in my opinion. So, I mean, you get to that Missouri game and you win that game, all eyes are on that Georgia game, and this, this season is not over. So the, the boys have to have their mental right because the season is fu- fully intact. It's just you cannot lose a game these next three games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know if this is, like, my inner BVS, but, like, it would just be the perfect shitstorm if Tennessee beats Georgia and then loses to Vandy to end the season. Like, that would just uh, – that makes me want to puke. Well, that's kind of like last year. I mean, we yeah, we lost to Georgia, but we, we beat Alabama, and you go mm-hmm. to South Carolina and get absolutely pummeled. So it's – it's kind of like that where it's like you had the playoffs in your hand and you just blew it. I, that would be a disaster. And then We're not losing. I'm saying this for, I think, all three of us here. We are not losing to Vandy, okay? But I'm just saying that if it were to happen, it's not, but if it were to happen, that would be worse than last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean – Okay, so all of us so far seem pretty pretty positive that we're not going to lose to Kentucky. So let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, let's get some predictions in here. Um, I don't know, NVF, what you got for me? Uh, well, if – I mean, everything relies on the team playing a whole game. If, if, the, if the team plays a whole game and doesn't just decide to take a quarter off or a half off, I could I could see this game. I I could see Tennessee scoring forty points. I mean, with the offense that showed up that first half at Alabama, you know, I could see them scoring forty points this game, and I could see us holding them to under twenty four easily. I'm giving them twenty four just because. I mean, Ray Davis is a great running back, so but I'll give him twenty four. So I'll say forty two to twenty four. Tennessee wins this game. Yeah, um, for how positive we've been, I had just two things that kind of concerned me. Um, Tennessee's coming off two games where that that were absolute slugfest, battle in the trenches, all those cliches. And Kentucky's coming off a bye week, and they're mm. going to be at home. So that might factor in somewhere during the game. If I had to guess, it would be – maybe in the third quarter, but I would expect us to be up by enough to where a few lapses don't hurt us all that much. And the one other thing that concerns me is um, Joe Milton, like he hasn't taken a good performance and stacked it on top of one another yet at Tennessee. So I said last week, I said on Sunday, I mean, that, Joe Milton had his best performance of the year. No doubt. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering if he can stack two good performances back-to-back. And, you know, saying that, even if he doesn't, I think our running game will do enough to win by a substantial margin. So, even with those two concerns, I'll probably go with the Vols 41, Kentucky 17. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be pretty close to both of you. I think an overlooked aspect of this game is the Vols have not won a road game this year. I mean, obviously they lost to Alabama, lost to Florida, 
technically Virginia is a road game, I guess, but it's not. I mean, it was probably 95% balls fans there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be a big hurdle, and it's something I wanted to talk to you guys about because I think if they go up to Kentucky and prove they can dominate on the road, that'll do a lot for the team's psyche the rest of the way. I think that the um, the team, like once they win a game on the road, they'll you know they they could hopefully snowball that. So overall, I think we're going to be able to run the ball. I think we're going to make Devin Leary's life pretty difficult. And I think um, as long as you contain Ray Davis, I mean, as good as you can, he's he's a good player. He's going to get his. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think it's a pretty comfortable Vols win. I'm going around somewhere. You guys, you guys like a high scoring. You like a good offensive output from us, huh? So I'm going to go Tennessee 35, Kentucky 17. Well, I mean, that that's just what Ryan was saying. It, it all depends on Joe Milton. I think Joe Mil- I think the him using his legs helped him out a little bit to get a little bit of confidence because I mean, he got out of situations and got a couple first downs in that Alabama game and it just I feel like boosted his confidence in a way to where he's like, "All right, well, you know, if if I have to do it myself, I'll do it myself." And I think that really benefits him. So I'm thinking if he does that this game, that Tennessee should have no problem going down the field. I mean, I think Jalen Wright bounces back and has a big game. Um, I also don't think Ray Davis is going to have 300 yards against Tennessee, but that's just my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Tennessee's offense, I mean, I think we score 35 at least, but, I mean, if you score 30, it's going to be really hard to beat Tennessee this year, especially with that defense stepping up. Yeah, I, I mean – Joe Milton, if you're not running Joe Milton and he's going to sit back there and be a statue, there's no point in playing him because Nico's more accurate. I haven't even seen Nico, and I can tell you he's more accurate. Like, So if you're, not, if you're not running Joe Milton, that would be a huge mistake. So please do what you did last week against a defense that isn't as good, that you know it's not going to be as crazy of an environment. Kentucky can't get off the field on third down. They take a, a shitload of penalties. I do not see our offense coming out and pooping their pants. So I I, I really think that previous two years with Heupel where we take control early, like we did against Missouri in 2021, South Carolina 2021, we get out early and roll. Like I don't, I don't think you're leaving me a game at halftime. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, but we all know what game this is, so we'll see. Um, I, like like he said, I, I don't think this is going to be that interesting of a game once it gets to mid-third quarter. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it does, you know, rivalry games always have that extra flair to them. Like Ryan said earlier, though, this is in our favor for once, you know, like everybody knows we kind of get psyched out when we go to Florida for whatever reason, playing in that swamp. But that's the effect that we have on Kentucky, even in Lexington. So I don't really, I, I, overall, I think a lot of the trends and a lot of the, the mental stuff, I, I just think a lot of it is pointing towards Tennessee's direction. Um, and 
if anybody thinks that motivation will be a factor, like if Tennessee doesn't have anything to play for, what the hell does Kentucky have to play for? Right. Like, like do you really think that Kentucky – I mean, other than getting up to beat Tennessee, I mean, Kentucky is on a fast track to the Music City Bowl. So, I don't really – that that won't be a factor in my opinion. Now, however, I do – I'll go ahead and say this. If, if the Tennessee defense – allows Devin Leary to have some insane game where he goes like 350 yards. And if, if Kentucky scores like 30 points, somebody should be fired. I agree. Not hypo, but you yeah, know, yeah. some, I mean, there should be major changes is my point. There, there's no way Kentucky should score 30 on this defense. It's crazy that everybody thought Devin Leary was going to be, I mean, even for as bad as Will Levis was last year, they still won a good amount of games. Everybody thought that he was going to come in and do the same stuff, and he hasn't. Like, when you complete half your passes in an offense that's centered around running, you that that's abysmal. So if, he, if, if we allow him to do much of anything, I think it's concerning. So I, I definitely agree with that. So <laughs> we're thinking that this place will be – you know, a ghost town at halftime or what do we think at third quarter? That's what I think. I think it'll be like the third, mid third is when people start leaving. I I could see it being halftime. I mean, I, I really expect Heupel to finally have a game this season where we come out and score back to back to back to back. I think this is the game to do it, especially after – not scoring any in the second half last week, and you're often sputtering for the past few games. I think he wants it. Everybody on the offense wants it. I think a team that you have a mental edge over is a perfect spot to do it. So I really expect us to be clearing out that stadium as soon as the clock hits triple zero at the end of the first half. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're all wanting to see. Um They've got to, you know, those fans can't stay out too late. They got to get back to the moonshine stills and <laughs> they're, you know, I mean, they're that. I think most Kentucky fans have already turned to page the basketball as soon as their big blue madness thing happens. Football season's over, so you know. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're gonna, there's gonna be a, a lot that get up for this game, but I mean. I, I don't know why they do. I, I seriously, I have no idea why all these Kentucky fans every year think that the outcome is going to be different. Like last year, they that was probably their biggest opportunity to do it because, I mean, Will Levis sucks, but I uh, but to them, Will Levis was a god, and that was the year. It was like, oh, this is the year we got Rodriguez, we got Will Levis, we're going to do it. And, of course, it didn't happen, 44-6. to six. Just remember that. Yeah. And even the year before, uh, the last time he played in Lexington, they played lights out on offense. And we had the ball for 13 minutes and still beat them. <laughs> like, please. Like, I I just and – I, and I really – our defense is a thousand times better than it was two years ago last time we were up there. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I really see no way that Kentucky comes out on top in this one. And like you said, Bryce, I mean, if it does happen, you know, or no, I I don't know who said it, but someone's got to, 
like pay for that if you end up, you know, giving up like 40 points to Devin Leary. Yeah, for sure. That would be totally inexcusable, but it ain't going to happen. So, no, don't see it. <clears throat> All right. Anything else y'all want to touch on before? Uh, I know it's like NVF said, I mean, for us, this is just another game for Kentucky fans. I'm sure. I'm sure that Matt Jones loser is probably like having a, a crazy day on his show, but for Tennessee fans, this is just a normal game. I mean, it's not really too exciting or anything. So looking forward to doing the review though. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm really hoping Joe Milton does the same as last. I think if Joe Milton plays the way he did last, like this past week, that we could be looking at a 325 yard game. I, 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 I'm speechless, as you could tell. I I think if he plays a defense that's a little less of an Alabama and in a different, I mean, what's Alabama like? Thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand plus more seats. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's a different, it's a different game. So I think if we get that Joe Milton, everyone's going to be shocked on the stats he gets. Yeah, it's just like I said earlier. Can he build on a good performance? Exactly. So. And like you know, we all said. He, our running backs are not going to be essentially shut out two weeks in a row. I don't see that happening. Dylan Sampson needs to play more. That's all I'm going to keep saying it. I don't know why he – it's just mind-blowing to me on why he doesn't play. I mean, it's like you said on Sunday. Like, the, if Dylan Sampson doesn't start getting more touches, he he, he might be looking – I would be because he could be a starting running back in, at a bunch of schools. Absolutely. He could be a starting running back at a lot of SEC schools. Like, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I can't imagine if if he was playing like even say Alabama. Oh my God, he'd be a he'd be a very highly touted running back if he was playing somewhere like that, somewhere at a big school where he could, you know, get some attention like he does at Tennessee. He just doesn't get the playing time. Yeah, I mean it. It would be wonderful for him to finally get 15 to 20 touches. Oh, if he does that, I think he might have a 200 yard game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and 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 not some stupid little shovel pass that you're you're running up the center's ass, like something more creative than that. Yeah, well, well, like you said, I'm looking forward to the review because I'm really wondering what we're gonna get. But I guess we'll save it for that podcast. Yes, sir. Any any parting shots, guys? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think uh, we go handle this game and get on to the next week. Focus up on UConn. I know they're UConn, but focus up, win that game, and season's still intact, man. Let's go win a couple games. Yeah, the, the this game is an excellent chance to build some confidence because you you go up there if you do blow out Kentucky and take care of business, you have a week to. Rest some of your starters. I mean, not, you know, bench them, but, you know, get them out before halftime and then suit up to go do it on the road again after you've just proven that you can win on the road finally this year. And then if you win that game, you got Georgia coming to town. And who knows if they got a loss by then. Because if they do that, that game's going to be bananas. So there's still a lot to play for. Seniors need to show out if they want to prove that it wasn't just a flash in the pan last year. So I expect big things from this team come Saturday and then in the final four weeks. 
yeah, hopefully we get the win here. Propels us forward. Even more wins. And, you know, like we say, we'll obviously do it, um, you know, when the time comes. But Brock Bowers probably not going to play in the Tennessee-Georgia game. So you handle business elsewhere, and then you get to play Georgia minus their best player. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. I mean, so you just got to get there. shall see. You got to get there first. Man. All right, and that will be a wrap on the Kentucky preview episode. Go Vols. Go Vols, Go Vols baby. <laughs>